Vertforce, in today's episode, we are having intimate coaching regarding resume gaps. We're going to revisit strategies I've introduced to you in our resume bootcamp series, specifically episode number 57. If you need a refresher, remember resume bootcamp are episodes 47 through 60 of this podcast. But today, we're going to take a more personal dive into what having resume gaps can feel like, how to get out of your own head and stop holding yourself back. So after listening to this episode, I hope that you will be motivated to take action and ditch those resume gaps for good. Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses plan virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We're bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now, Let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. So to get the ball rolling, I'm calling this Four simple strategies to overcome your resume gaps. Let's get started. There are a lot of reasons why you might have resume gaps. You may be pivoting your career. You may be suffering from constant PCSing. You may have taken time off to have kids. You may be going back to school or you're just coming out of graduating from going back to school. You may have lost a job because of a PCS or maybe the company went under. You may have had health issues. You may have just said, hey, I need to take some time and explore what I want and what I need, right? All of this happens. We have all been in one of these situations at one time or another in our careers, right? So before we get into these four simple strategies, I want you to say this to yourself, and while you do it, please smile. I want you to say, I am not alone. I am not the only military spouse or veteran or mom or dad to have this issue, and I can overcome this, and Kimber is going to teach me how to do that right now. I've got this. Okay, so say that to yourself and just give yourself a boost of confidence. All right, now I want you to come to terms with this factoid. Resume gaps are not a big deal. Boom. I said it. What did I just say? That's right. Resume gaps are no big deal. So stop stressing about them. Relax. All right, let's dive into these strategies. Before you pick out the strategies that work for you, ask yourself this question. Number one, are you trying to overcome lack of experience 
For example, maybe you've spent a lot of time in school, but you have not really worked anywhere. Or number two, are you trying to overcome time gaps? Because as soon as you land a position, your husband or your wife get orders and you're flipping to the next location. There's a difference. The strategies are the same, but you may rely heavier on strategy one versus strategy two versus strategy three or four, depending on what your situation is. And when I share these strategies with you, I'll describe to you what they're good for so you can pick. All right, so let's dive into strategy number one. I want you to create activity for the next eight to 12 weeks to put on your resume or to talk about in your interview. And this applies to you if you have not worked in more than six months. You need to get involved in something so that when you have your next job interview, you have progress to show for yourself. Some options you have are go get a free certification like the QuickBooks Office certification or go pay for a certification. Go get your PMP. Go do something that's going to fill the next eight to 12 weeks of your time. Or if you don't want to do that, if education is not where your heart's being pulled to, maybe you're a creative. Maybe you can launch your own project to put into a portfolio that you can list on your resume, list on your website, or just have something to discuss with your next hiring manager. If those things don't sound appealing to you, go volunteer or pick up an unpaid internship just to flex your work muscles again. Again, this applies to you if you have not worked in six months or if you're getting close to that time period. Think about it this way. If you were a competitive gymnast and you broke your leg, as soon as you get your cast off, would you immediately walk into a competition after being stagnant for six months? No way. You would embarrass yourself. You would get hurt. You need to rehabilitate first. So results from this strategy, creating activity for the next eight to 12 weeks, you can expect an extreme boost in your confidence. You will fill the experience gap and the time gap by whatever you choose to fill in this eight to 12 week period. You will have recent experience to discuss on your resume and in your interviews, which is so important. It's so important to say, yes, I haven't worked in six months, but I've been doing something else. I've been being productive. And you're gonna learn. And you're going to network, especially if you're picking up volunteer work or an internship or you're going to school, you're going to meet people who can help you find other positions to apply to. Ashley says Google has great free certifications and she's totally right. Okay, so let's move into strategy two. This one I call close the door on scrutiny. Let that sink in for a minute and visualize yourself slamming the door in anyone's face who dare scrutinize your employment gaps, okay? Because that is what we're doing. With this one simple trick, I will teach you to eliminate concerns about employment gaps. Here's the strategy. If you have a resume with specific dates next to every job, 
you are inviting scrutiny in. So for example, if I say, I was a customer service representative from August 7th, 2017 to September 8th, 2019, we're giving them too much granular information. We should change that to, I was a customer service representative from 2017 to 2019. Okay, with that one change, that one shift, I eliminated any concerns over any months preceding August 2017, and I eliminated any concerns concerning months succeeding September 2019. Okay, if you give that granular date, you're inviting me to build a mental picture of your employment gap. And when I say me, I mean the hiring manager. Need help with your resume? Vertforce has your back. Listen to our resume bootcamp series, which covers episodes 47 through 60 of this show. Play them in chronological order to build a winning resume tailored to the virtual job market. Resume Bootcamp also offers a subscription-based online course and private community. Learn how you can opt in to our live trainings and resume critiques at bit.ly forward slash VF hyphen BC. This is Brittany and Leslie from the Mill Spouse Coffee House podcast. You're listening to the Vertforce podcast. This podcast helps you on your career journey, no matter where you are. So after you have taken that journey and you are tired and you need to laugh, come on over to Mill Spouse Coffee House, where we're serving up laughs. <laughs> after you've listened to Vert Force podcast, where they can help you, you can bring your resume to us and we'll give you unprofessional advice. Find the Mill Spouse Coffee House podcast on your favorite podcast playing platform. You can also visit our website at millspousecoffeehouse.com. And now back to Kimber and the Vert Force team. Let's move on to strategy number three. You can switch to what's called a functional resume and ditch the dates altogether. A functional re- resume takes the focus off your chronological work history. And it refocuses your skills and experience. This is stellar if you have little work experience. A functional resume organizes your experience by skills. So for example, let's say the job description says we're looking for a marketing manager who has great leadership, marketing, and customer service skills. You could take your resume ditch that whole chronological format altogether, just throw it out the window and put in your top three skills. So you would have a header for leadership. You would have a header for marketing. You would have a header for customer service. And under each of those three sections, you could discuss multiple jobs, multiple opportunities where you've, you have dealt with leadership and you have had experience in leadership, the same with marketing and the same with customer service. I love this and I found a great functional resume example online tonight. And this is such a great tool if you need to get rid of 
your dates all together. The trick about a functional resume, it can sometimes be an indicator that you've bounced around. So a key success factor of the functional resume is at the bottom, you know, the whole meat and potatoes of the resume, the whole center is a header for each skill. And then your demonstrated work experience of that skill in each of the sections. But at the very bottom of the resume, you should have a short list of your, at least your three most recent positions, no details under it, just your position title, the company name, and the date or time period in which you worked there, just at the bottom to indicate, hey, I do have work experience. I'm just more focused on showing you how I'm great at leadership or how I'm great with marketing and customer service. Remember, even if you're switching to a functional resume, don't forget to close the door on scrutiny. Don't provide dates where they're not needed or necessary. Let's not even bring them up. All right. Strategy number four, short and tailored like a great pair of shorts. (laughs) The best piece of advice I can give you for overcoming resume gaps is to ensure the job you're applying for is right for you and totally tailor your resume to it. This includes your objective and your experience. If you do a great job of standing out as a stellar candidate, there's not going to be a lot of focus on your employment gaps. Furthermore, keep the resume short. Your resume should fit on one page. If you can't fit it on one page, like if you physically, you just can't, you have too many degrees, you have too much relevant experience, you just can't get it on one page, give yourself a maximum of two pages, but truly try to fit it to one page. Have you ever heard that saying, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter? It's because crafting a short and concise one page resume does take time and it's hard. And if you dump your resume into four to six pages, I'm gonna tell you number one, the hiring manager's not gonna read all of it. Number two, you're probably going to be pushed aside because they're not going to look at that and say, oh, look how much experience she has. They're going to look at that and say, this person clearly can't even package themselves, so they're not right for this role. There are some exceptions, like in the medical and legal fields. If you're a lawyer or a doctor, you're asked to provide a CV, which is your work history of all time from day one. That's a different scenario. So if that's you, I'm not talking to you right now. (laughs) Not only should the resume be maximum two pages, each position that you have listed should have at a minimum three bullet points under it and a maximum of five bullet points under it, describing what you did there and how it relates to the position you're applying for. You should not list your full employment history. And, you know, I was working with one of my team members who is volunteering with VertForce on this a few weeks ago. No one ever told her not to list her full work history. So I'm telling you right now, don't do that. Only list what applies to that job. So if you've had 20 jobs, but only three really apply to the job that you're applying for, I would list those three. You know, that's going to vary depending on how recent those three jobs were and how much in common they have with the job that you're applying for. 
And you have to approach that one job at a time. When I was searching, I had a resume crafted for each type of job I was looking for. I was either looking for a film production or marketing position. I was looking for a a communications position. And I had two distinct resumes for those two distinct paths. And they were totally different because I am a multifaceted person, right? I'm good at a lot of things and I can't put all of the things I'm good at on one resume because that resume will be six pages long. So I had to craft two distinct different resumes that spoke to two different hiring managers and I was going after both jobs at the same time. All right, so I hope that helps you understand that it should be short and that your work experience should be tailored and shortened. So why do we do this? Why do we tailor and shorten our resumes? Well, it goes back to closing the door on scrutiny, right? But also the goal, the principle here is to hook the viewer. We want them to want more. We want to give them just enough info to get them on the hook. We want to show our most amazing assets on a short piece of real estate. Make your resume look like you were crafted for this job. Having a short resume and following this format, it's going to prevent you from providing extraneous information that may make you look unreliable or may reveal that you do have employment gaps. So we want you to put your most valuable experience on that limited amount of real estate. Listen, some people say you should not waste time tailoring your resume. I say you absolutely should if you're looking for remote work. The remote job market is more competitive. It's just a fact. And I mean, we see that here at VertForce when we post a position, we have 500 applicants and we have to narrow that down to 10. And then we have to narrow that down to five. And it's hard. And I see so many amazing resumes come through. And I see some people who apply to the same jobs with the same resume that has not been touched up. When you're in a more competitive arena, like the remote job market or virtual job market, you need to tailor. You need to specify. And when you get it down to a science, it takes you maybe an hour to tailor per position, but it's so important. And it's what gives you a leg up. And investing that little bit of time into yourself is what's going to return the highest value for you. Okay, Dina asks, how do you feel about the new resume templates being used today? Example, adding a picture of yourself to your resume. I don't think adding a picture of yourself to your resume is a good idea. And if the employer wants to see you, wants to know what they look like, they can go visit your LinkedIn. So if you'd like, you can link your LinkedIn to your resume, which might be helpful for the employer. I do love the new resume formats. Um, we've hired two people for our company this year, and one of them used a very colorful and creative new resume format, which I usually don't put a lot of merit into. It's not about how it looks. It's about the content and what the content says, how the content identifies you as the right person for this job, for the job description. So it can be gorgeous, but the content be mediocre and you're not going to move to the next round. 
it can be ugly, you know, just formatted, plain, old, black and white, ink, bullets, but the content be stellar and I'll move you to the next round. If it's both, I get really excited. If it's both beautiful and uh, the content is awesome, I get excited about that. That's just me. I'm a creative person, so I, I like the colors and stuff, but not everybody is like that. So you have to kind of gauge who you're applying for and know that your content is number one. Your content is the most important part. All right, so Leah's question got reposted. Her question is, if you've had two to three jobs and they were 16 years ago, is it relevant to add that since they were so long ago? Absolutely. That is a scenario where I would point you to a functional resume. But the big question here is, you haven't worked in 16 years. You need to go to strategy number one. Strategy number one, as a reminder, is create activity for the next eight to 12 weeks. Even if you have a degree, if you haven't worked in 16 years, you're going to be looking at stepping into something where it's going to be primarily about building experience. It's probably not going to be your dream job. And I think that's a big expectation we need to set for ourselves here. I'm not telling you to lower your standards. I'm telling you not to expect your dream job on day one. Building a career is a journey. It's a process and it's the same on site as it is remotely. You know, you don't walk into your dream company. Um, I'll use my dream jobs and dream examples. I used to want to be a director and I had this long interview process with stars when I was younger. I didn't walk into stars with Z with, I think I had three years of work experience under my belt applying for a director position. No. I walked into stars applying for a junior editor position on the lowest of the low of the totem pole. So prepare yourself. It's not going to happen perfectly for you overnight, but if you dedicate yourself to it, it's going to be awesome when you finally get there. Leah, I hope that answered your question. Yes, those jobs are relevant. I would point you towards strategy number one, which is create activity for the next eight to 12 weeks to build your confidence, help fill in some of that gap, demonstrate that you're actively working to get reemployed and to network. Number two, for you, Leah, I would point you to strategy number three, which is to use the functional resume. All right, Burt Force, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at furtforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right, catch you next week.